0: Welcome to Mental Health and You. This podcast brings you the best information and advice from across the Norfolk and Suffolk Foundation Trust. Every fortnight, we will hear from one of our specialist areas, be it school and parent support, the recovery college, well-being or research.
1: Today's podcast is all about reading and recovery and is presented to you by Rachel, that's me, hello, Andrea, that's me, hi everyone, and Holly, that's me, hello everyone, and we're all peer support workers who work within the wellbeing service. Today's podcast will cover what are peer support workers and sharing peer support workers' lived experiences of reading and their own recovery. We hope that you come away from today's podcast with an understanding of how reading can support recovery. So if you're listening to this this afternoon, or this morning actually, and have not heard of peer support workers, I'll just give you a little introduction as to what we do. So peer support workers all have their own experience of living with mental health challenges and we share our experience of this with others along with our recovery stories to offer hope. We use our experience of recovery to to help people make sense of what they are going through and to explore what may support them in their recovery. So like I said, today's podcast is all about reading and recovery. So we asked our peer support workers within the service, you know, what was their own experience of using reading in their recovery and as their recovery continues? So I'm going to hand over to Holly and Andrea, who are going to give us some ideas.
2: Yeah so one of one of the first examples we've got is is reading someone someone else's uh, recovery story so of course we've already spoken about how powerful it can be to to read other people's um, stories and and how, how their recovery story has been has been for them. Um, we've also got uh, an example of um, losing lo- losing themselves in fiction in a f- fiction book so um you know that that sense of being able to kind of be in a, in in a, in a world for a little while and kind of lose yourself and just take yourself out of the, the present moment i guess for a little while
1: mm-hmm.
2: thank so you
0: honey um we've got to start in small with reading so not necessarily reading a huge book reading something um more condensed like a magazine
2: or something on social media and we've also got um using user using audio rather than than a a paper book so listening to to a book instead and and also we've got um book clubs and um motivat- and as a motivator to read so People have found it really, really helpful to go along to um book clubs and and find that as a as a big motivator for them to start reading again. And we've also had a, a peer support
0: worker who told us about gratitude cards. Um so these are small cards that have reasons um to be grateful written on them.
1: Mm, that's an interesting one, Andrea, not sort of one that I was overly familiar with. So so thank you for that. So some really sort of varied experiences there from the peer support workers within the team. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I know there's there's several of those that kind of, you know, when you're you, when you're reading them out, I'm going, oh, yeah, yeah. No, that that kind of fits fits with me and how sort of reading is and was for my recovery and is in my recovery. And, you know, definitely for me, reading someone else's recovery story like you said Holly that's a powerful thing isn't it absolutely
2: yeah. yes
1: yeah and yeah. I I was probably the queen of self-help books uh, right at the beginning <laughs> of my recovery I must admit that now but one of the you know really sort of ones that stuck with me are the ones that are someone else's recovery story so whether that was mental health um and I did read an awful lot of mental health recovery stories, but any kind of person who's been through anything really difficult and the things that they've you know done or experienced and sort of coming out the other side. So yeah, definitely when, when you said that one, Holly, I'm kind of nodding and going, mm, yeah, kind of think that one. What about you guys, were there any that sort of you know, sort of stuck with you in terms of those experiences that the the peer support workers have shared, or you know, any any more that you can add there.
2: Um, um so sorry, Andrea, you go. No, no, Holly, you go. You go. <laughs> so, um, yeah, for me, it was it was definitely um, audiobooks helped me a lot actually, because reading has always been a bit of a barrier for me. So, reading in the kind of traditional way of reading of reading a book has always been quite a challenge so th- um when i kind of discovered audio books for myself um a bit earlier uh, later on in my recovery process um it, it was a big kind of opened up a new world for me in a way um so i was able to kind of listen to to stories and books that i perhaps wouldn't have normally read and also it helped with that that kind of concentration that you know you, you lose so often in in the early stages when you're struggling and I certainly did Um and I found it so much easier to to listen rather than to to sit and read so that really helps me but also I think what I what I loved about audiobooks was the fact that it didn't kind of stop me from doing other things at the same time so I could listen to audiobook but also tackle my washing up at the same time which is always a bit of a challenge for me. Oh you so, would need both Holly. <laughs> absolutely so you know in that sense it was a, a good motivator as well to get other things done
1: yeah like you say if you if you're kind of listening to something else whilst doing something that perhaps you don't really want to be doing you know I'm I'm I kind of put my 80s music on when I'm uh washing up because like you say it's the motivator to go well I'll listen to this whilst I'm doing that so thanks uh for that Holly and Andrea thank you for for holding fire um you know what 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 were your kind of thoughts on that
0: Okay so music I've always been quite good with but back in the early days my concentration for reading was was very poor Mm -hmm. so I could never I mean really even getting through a couple of pages of a chapter I struggled with and almost needed to go back and write notes down for who the different characters were (laughs) and stuff like that Um, and also audiobooks couldn't concentrate on those either but what I was able to do was do uh, my reading in really small amounts so maybe taking magazine articles or things that people had posted on social media and then start that route and start small and then build up bigger um more recently I've actually joined a book club it's something that I'm doing with some of my colleagues at work so we can't you can't get together you know at lunch times or anything like that Mm -hmm. so we 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 had a meeting after work one day we agreed on the title and we've met several times and given ourselves a couple of chapters (laughs) in between to read and that's been really nice because Not only have we had that space where we meet to discuss it, but we've been like sending each other messages and, you know, encouraging each other to read. It's it's been really, really nice. So we're coming to the end of our first one now going on to another one yeah
1: excellent and and how has that felt doing that virtually you know because my I mean, when you when anyone says like book club I kind of think right people are in a coffee shop or they're in a library we're all sat round. for some reason I think people sit on the floor don't know why but it's just the vision that I have in my head of it how does that work in this vis, you know virtual kind of sharing of things has that been a sort of a strange experience or, or one that's actually was working quite okay because it sounds like you're getting a lot from it already.
0: Yeah it, it's been different Um and I I think it's more about having something in common you mm-hmm. know rather than sitting around and actually pulling the book out and we, we've been good at like remembering what's gone on and stuff and we've only taken it a few chapters at a time which is which is nice but do, doing it virtually. Um, we've been meeting after work, you know, and doing doing that regularly. So it's been a time when everyone can still get together, despite what's going on. Yeah, it's it's been good. And I think everybody's enjoyed it who's taken part. And we're going to do it again, like I say, so it must be working.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, like when you're talking about it, Andrew, I can, because obviously we, I can see you whilst we, whilst we do this podcast and I can see that, you know, you kind of, it's lifting you. And, yeah. and it's, like you say, it's a good kind of, kind of motivator to, to get involved and, and also helps us to connect, doesn't it? And, and keep learning and keep doing the five ways to wellbeing as well. So seems yeah. like, yeah, lots of different piss poor experiences there in terms of reading and recovery. And I was then sort of thinking, you know, so, that's kind of looking back isn't it in terms of our recovery and how things kind of go now but I was then thinking well well hang on you know when I was when I was struggling you know was there any light bulb moments that I had you know you know, when you kind of you know you're, you're kind of struggling along or muddling along and suddenly there's that moment that makes you go ah okay yeah interesting and you know for for me it was when i wasn't able to read because reading is a massive massive passion of mine and i remember sitting on my sofa thinking well you know i'm not working i've got plenty of time i may as well you know get through some of these books and i'd pick up a favorite and i just literally could not read it like you said andrea i'd read it through yeah no idea Read the page. No, no idea. And just got to the point that I threw it across the room and and had a jolly good cry. That for me was a big light bulb moment in terms of actually understanding how unwell. I was yeah. at that point and how I <laughs> felt but also similarly in terms of when I was I started to realise that I could read again and that I was able to concentrate and it was okay and it wasn't going to be permanent so yeah so, so for me that was um, that was a moment there but also in the reading that I did one of the books I uh, can't remember which one it was unfortunately but it had the quote this too shall pass and I remember that really stuck with me. And there was a time where I was lying in my bed, really feeling very, very unwell, literally clinging on to the mattress for dear life. That's how how I felt. And I just remember saying to myself, this too shall pass. This too shall pass. This too shall pass. You know, four really, really simple words that I've read that, goodness me, got me through a very, very difficult time. Kind of reading that and sort of remembering that. But also, um, another one of our peer support workers highlighted to us: there's a quote um, linked to Saint Julian of Norwich, who was alive hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Can't tell you when, but hundreds and hundreds of years ago. And um, it was, all shall be well well and all shall be well and all manner of things shall be well. And that's really fascinating for me because it links so much to this too shall pass and the, the quote for me. But also for me is how old it is. You know, that was hundreds of years ago and actually it's still relevant now. Um Holly, was there any kind of light bulb moments there for you?
2: Yeah, so I've got a book book here actually that um my auntie bought me um, years ago uh, full of full of inspirational inspirational quotes and um, one of them in particular um, for whatever reason just kind of struck me so it says warm eager living life to learn to desire to know to feel to think to act that is what I want and nothing else now I, I think one of the reasons why that kind of struck me is because you know when you're really struggling you're very very low um, feeling very low um you know you don't really feel like you're living you feel like you're existing mm. and i think part of me reading quotes like that helped to kind of really reignite my my interest in in life in mm. general and i think that is what that quote says that life is about living and and experiencing even if sometimes those experiences experiences are painful that's okay because you're living life mm. and i think so often when you know when we're feeling very low we don't we don't experience any of those things you know sometimes we can feel quite numb
1: mm. and
2: i think that that quite kind of reminded me of of what living felt like and helps me to get get that kind of desire back again i guess to start living again
1: and it's it's just really interesting isn't it holly that you know we we have different quotes that mean different things for us as yeah. i like for you it's like reigniting that interest in in life and yeah. for me it was very much something to get me through that moment you know I'm just getting through this moment and this yeah. moment is is going to go it feels really unpleasant at this moment in time but it's going to disappear and it's just really interesting how the things that we read you know like Andrew said whether they're magazines uh, you can get some fascinating quotes on Google if you if you take a look you know it's very sort of varied sort of different things some of them not so useful I would have to say um, but yeah how those things kind of kind of stick with us and Andrea is there anything for you that was like a a light bulb moment you know perhaps something that you've read or an experience that you've had
0: yeah there is Rachel actually mine mine came at a point in my recovery when I was really stuck in the past Mm -hmm. so I'd spend so much time running over things in my head that had gone wrong things that I had no control over and uh, one day I was visiting a church and I came across the serenity prayer Mm -hmm. which is grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. And at this point, I was desperate to move on and, you know, look to the future. And actually reading this made me realise, okay, I can't change those things in the past. But if I'm strong, I can change what happens in the future and I can make my own path now. In the future can be what I'd like it to be and actually that knowing the difference was, was a big thing for me so what can I leave and what's now going to be you know be my future yeah so that was that was a massive one for me that just came from visiting a church I did buy the bookmark and I still <laughs> got it today so yeah yes yeah, important again, for me.
1: again it's interesting isn't it how how different these things can be and how vital they can be at that point in our recovery you know so again for for me coping with that really really difficult moment you know this too shall pass and other peer support worker with you know um, the St Julian of Norwich quote how that helps and Holly's poetry It's just really really interesting that mm-hmm. actually there's so much out there in terms of what is supportive and what we hold on to and what gets us through you know, those moments in our recovery that are difficult, but also keeps us going in our recovery now. You know, like I said, you've got the bookmark and it's still something that you remind yourself of. So actually, it's not just something transient. It's something that helps us carry on, you know, and, and, and keep going through these these times. So, yeah, thank you. So, Another thing I was kind of thinking of was also overcoming challenges. How do we do that? You know, so like I said, when I was unable to read my favourite book and I threw it across the room because I just couldn't do it, you know, for, for me, it was a really difficult moment. but. I also knew that it wasn't going to be permanent. I had this kind of sense that it's not going to be permanent. And, you know, like I said, Andrea, going back to um, reading small things, you know, taking the pressure off, actually, I'm not going to read a whole book or a few pages of a book. I might just have a look at the news channel and sort of read the different sort of things coming up there, or just take the time to be self-compassionate and not put the focus on me. So that that was a big one for me. And you know I know other peer support workers have said to us, you know how books are escapism. So actually for those really difficult moments when we do want to be somewhere else, taking herself off into a book can be a really nice way to, to have that, that time to sort of reset. But, but also acknowledging at the same time that actually concentration can still be difficult because I don't know about you and Holly, but, you know, there'll be times where I still read things yeah. several times over. It goes in one ear and out the other. Um, and I still have to to acknowledge that, you know, there are days when my concentration really, really isn't there. But, yeah, kind of overcoming it in terms of knowing when that's happening and being kind to ourselves when, when that is. Andrew, is there anything sort of for you that kind of helped when things were sort of difficult and you weren't able to to read as you wanted to.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we you know that I've I've already mentioned that I started off reading the magazine articles and things online. Well, I got quite good and all right with that. So I decided that I would progress on to books. But I knew that like you've just said, Rachel, if I set myself up with a, a massive book, I'm you know, I'm gonna fall down. Mm-hmm. So I progressed on to, to quotes in uh, a book that had positive quotes in it. So I know that they were still very short, but that's something that I could go back to time and time again. Um, I had quite a low mood um, around about then. So that also helped uh, build my confidence and belief in myself. Now, I knew that I couldn't carry a book round everywhere with me. <laughs> Yeah. So what I used to do was I used to copy these quotes out. Maybe I'd, I'd stick one uh, on my diary, um, other places around the house on kitchen cupboards, maybe somewhere I could see from when I was laying in bed. I used to have a lot of baths back then. They were my safe space. So I'd stick a quote, you know, on the wall at the bottom of the bath. Um Yeah, so they they were really, really helpful to me and I I still do it now. When I took them down and didn't need to rely on them so much, I stuck them on the inside of my cupboards. So sometimes now when I'm reaching for a cup and I'm making a cup of tea, I kind of look and that still puts a smile on my face. So I don't use them, but they're still there to go back to every so often if I just need that little boost.
1: Mm, That's really interesting you said that, Andrea, because I have what I call a bashful vision board so it's bashful because I don't have it on display but it is in a cupboard so I open the cupboard and on my vision board I have like various different quotes you know there's there's one from Dolly Parton I've got in there uh one from Rick Mayall you know various different people that I probably found them on the internet or I found them in magazines things that hit me that kind of make me go ah yeah and I put it on the vision board and like you say each time you open the cupboard door it's kind of there and you know I'll, I'll take the time you know I might read read a little bit of one and remind myself of why I put it up there in the first place and like you say having those things that Help us smile, but help us to, to link back to our recovery and then our ongoing recovery can mm-hmm. be really helpful, can't they? And um, yeah. yeah, definitely keep sort of, kind of adding to it and sort of different things there. And Holly, you know, in terms of sort of challenges, I know you've kind of mentioned sort of audio books yeah. as well, haven't you? So, was yeah. there any sort of anything else that you wanted to to add to that?
2: Yeah, well, first of all, Rachel, I just want to say what a, a great idea of vision board is, and actually, that's just reminded me that that's something that I want to get onto. So, thank you for reminding me.
1: You're of, welcome. Of that.
2: Um, but yeah, in terms of um, ongoing using using um, reading uh, ongoing for my recovery, um something that's. Um, I discovered very early on back at school actually was was poetry Um it came about because my tutors decided that I needed to practice my my writing skills uh, while we were on the summer break and I came up with this start the idea of writing a poem every day which I, I did and in turn that then inspired me to, to Read poetry because, of course, to be able to write, you need to to re- read as well. Um, so that really kind of ignited a strong interest in in poetry. And um, what I would what I would do is I would find p- some poems that that really resonated with me, with my experiences, and I'd read them over and over again. And I think it was a way of me processing what I was what I was feeling and what I was going through. And also then what I would do is I'd write my own, my own poetry and again, keep reading it back. Probably sounds quite pig-headed of me to no, do that, sure. but I think it was an important thing to me for me to do at that time. I was processing what I was feeling and going through, and it was such a therapeutic process to go through. And, and to this day, poetry plays a, a huge part in my ongoing recovery. Process um, still still uh, read poetry uh, still write poetry poetry occasionally, and it's such a therapeutic process to go through to look back on mm. on what you've written in the past and mm. and look at where you are now, and and it's such a interesting and powerful thing to do um and quite funny <laughs> as well
1: I <laughs> know oh, as you were saying that Holly I'm kind of thinking of all the diaries that I've kept over the years you yeah. know um ones from school uh, ones from more recent times and like you say when you when you pick pick up something like that that you wrote a while ago and you kind of look you know there, there's the element of oh goodness me did I really yes. think that but actually also Particularly ones when I was unwell. Looking back at how far I've come, you know, it's it's my, I'm, I'm literally reading my own recovery story and yeah. kind of going, oh yeah, I remember that day. Oh gosh, that was bad. Yeah, that was really difficult. But then looking through and going, oh look how how I dealt with it, how I like you say, how I processed it, and how powerful that is actually to to read the stuff that you know we've we've previously written. I mean, Andrea, Definitely. is there anything that that you wanted to add there?
0: Yeah, there is, Rachel. So when Holly was talking about poetry, it made me think about the power of reading a letter, whether it's typed or written. Mm -hmm. And actually, over the years, um, reading letters has been really important to me, because uh, when I I was in hospital giving birth to my son, I met another Mm mum. And because we gave birth on the same day, we've always stayed in touch. Now, that was 25 years ago. (laughs) Now, we write two letters a year to each other, one on the boys' birthdays, on one at Christmas. And actually when things have not been so great for me, receiving those two letters has meant ever such a lot. The, the pleasure I've got from reading the letter, finding out what's going on in the other lady's life. And obviously like Holly said, uh, reading and writing go together so I've had to write a letter to her so she had one to receive as well and like you said using it to, to look back on what we've been through I, I read back over the letters now and when we correspond with each other we talk about how things have been in the past and how far we've both come and so yeah letters is a an, another wonderful way of reading for me has meant so much over the years
1: mm, and there's also the personal connection there isn't it yeah. you know oh yeah someone's taken the time time to write to us and we've written back and and like you say when you look at look over it you know a few years later or a few months later and you're like oh goodness me is is you know is that what we were thinking look how far i've come look how i continue to move forward in things and it yeah it's it's a really powerful powerful thing to do there Okay, so in terms of um, the podcast today, so we're coming towards the end of it and we um, thank you for, for listening this far in. Much appreciated. So we've shared the peer support worker, lived experience, examples of reading and their own recovery. Our next podcast will be looking at stress.
0: And you can find book recommendations from the peer support workers on today's podcast notes.
1: If you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking that you'd like to refer yourself to the well-being service, then it's a really simple process. You can self-refer to the well-being service and you can do so on our website or over the telephone. Again, if you're listening to this podcast and you're currently having treatment within the well-being service and would like to have peer support, then please do speak to your therapist who you can make the referral for you. So I'd like to say thank you for listening to today's podcast and for joining us.
0: Thanks for listening. Please do subscribe. It's free and means the podcast will automatically download every fortnight. Do rate and review our podcast and follow our social media accounts. They're all in the show notes. And more than anything, look after yourself.